Hey, Sound City Bible Church. Uh, this is Pastor Aaron. I'm sitting in Pastor Shane's office with him and with Pastor Kyle. And uh, today, as we're recording it, it is Thursday, March 19th. But as you're hearing this, it's being released on Friday, March 20th, which is the one-year anniversary of a very formative event for us as a church, but also for as individuals in many different ways, the one-year anniversary of Pastor Shane's heart attack. So I thought maybe in lieu of energies spent on Sunday worship gatherings, we could take some time and uh, gather together and talk about just a little bit, just about that night and more more importantly, um, what what ways that God has shown his grace to us. So, I mean, Obviously, Shane, it goes without saying, we're sitting here in your office right here. Am I, I'm sitting in the chair you were sitting in. You are in? in the chair. Yeah. Um, the fact that you're here is obviously already a huge testimony of God's grace that your your life was spared. But I, man, I thought maybe we could just kind of start. Kyle, you were here that night. Mm-hmm. Um, you were here leading student ministry, kind of helping oversee it. What do you remember from that night, Kyle? Yeah, so, yeah, first off, I... And what a what a cool thing to be sitting here and together and um, having this conversation. Yeah, from that night, I think what stood out to me was uh, Pastor Shane had. Well, the the boys didn't make it to students that night. We had student ministry going on, and the boys you, didn't make it. Shane's boys. Yes, your older. T- yep, the oldest two could not make it to students because they had the flu or had symptoms of the flu. And uh, Shane was really worried about getting the flu. He did not want to get the flu. Well, I'd gotten it like the year before or something for the first time in many years, and it was bad when I yeah. got it. It knocked me out for a good long while. Yeah, so he started feeling kind of kind of iffy that night, maybe like it was flu symptoms. Um, so we kind of dismissed it like it wasn't really, you know, just the flu, not yeah, a big what, deal. Like what time that day did you start feeling bad, Shane? Well, I, I really didn't feel bad. I was worried that I was going to feel okay. bad. It was, I'm like, oh man, if those kids get me sick, like, I'm right. really, like it was just, there was a lot going on, as there always is, there's yeah. a lot going on. And um, so just frustrated that it was in the house. And so we had had a prayer meeting with the prayer lead, the leads of the prayer ministry. So with Jim and Shelly and Britt. Um, and then after that, I was having a counseling session with a couple in the church and was just sitting there with them, and it was while students was just getting going, I so, think. So student ministry is happening. If you've been to our offices, yeah. it's kind of out in the main room. Well, student ministry is happening kind of everywhere because yes. there's nowhere that they don't it spill. explodes. And specifically directly in front of Shane's door. Yeah, yeah. and then Shane, you're in your office here yeah. uh, doing a counseling session. Right, like I'd often do, especially before Dylan could drive, before our oldest could drive. I was always up here on Wednesdays, so I would do work while students was going on and just have kept that pattern. And Yeah. So I was in here doing a counseling session and I had to excuse myself at one point. Like I started to feel like I got was getting cold sweats a little bit and just I probably was feeling a little bit in my chest at that point, but nothing particularly descriptive. And so I said, Hey, you guys just excuse me for a minute. It was a couple that I was counseling with and got up and went to the bathroom thinking I'll just splash some water on my face, I'll come back, it'll be fine. It's I don't yeah. know, something I don't know. So yeah. then so, so Kyle, do you get <clears throat> So we're in? we're in the middle of a video that we're showing to the students on a tough topic series. Um, and the the couple that, well, I saw, Shane, I saw you walk out of your office and head down to the bathroom and you look pretty pale. Like I could see you. Yeah, I uh, imagine I was. Yeah, and so yeah. a little bit concerning, but again, because of the conversation about the boys having the flu or whatever, didn't think much about it. Yeah, the boys that had the flu, and, and actually just for those who maybe are newer to the church, but you, you've known about heart health issues in your family, 
for a while. That wasn't something that was news to you. For sure. And I had had something called uh, left branch bundle block, which eventually uh, in my heart, it's in the kind of the electric circuitry in my heart. And they had, we had learned about it at some point, like back in 2012, I think. And so I'd been on a statin and, um, and they to for cholesterol and they said, Oh, we probably just spared you from that heart attack that you're going to have in your fifties or whatever. And mm. I was like, wow, what a God moment. Cause it was a number of circumstances that led up to me getting those yeah. tests. And it was, so it was kind of cool. There's some family history. But there's definitely, yeah, there's and, definitely yeah. family history there. Um, but like things were normal. Like I'd been to the gym that week and yeah. I'd been like. And yeah. anybody who knows you knows like you're, you're a diligent person. You were taking meds, you regularly in the gym, oh, yeah. eat regularly, you know, pretty healthy overall. And yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I hear you making your smoothies in your office here right. from time to time. <laughs> right. I mean, I was probably looking back on it. I was probably a little heavier than I wanted to be, but outside of that, um, things were pretty normal. I remember sitting in the hospital with Stephanie, Shane's wife and, and you're flashing forward. Do you want to do that? Yet? Yeah. Well, okay. it's just a thought I'm having like. I remember sitting there mm-hmm. um, with your parents yeah. and with Steph, and I remember that being like the biggest confusion of it all because of how Steph diligent. Steph was angry. Yeah, yeah, because like you had you had done everything that you were supposed to do. They had done the tests, and and there was no signs. Yeah, I had had a stress test, like on a treadmill, right. running on a treadmill. Then you run over and you lay down, and they do like an ultrasound on your heart and like all these things. And with it, like. Recently, months. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, it was like six weeks before or something, right? I think it was a little longer than that, but yeah, I mean, within the last several months prior to that, so yeah, strange. So that night, so you start feeling sick in the middle of this meeting. You run out, Kyle. You see him go, but you can't, nobody's really thinking anything because right. lots of people had had the flu. I happened to be there. I'm not regularly here on Wednesday nights, but I happened You're to be there. Off? I had dropped off kids, and we had a foster kid staying right. with us. And she wanted to go to students, but she was nervous, and she kind of wanted to stay, and she kind of wanted to leave. And so I said, "Hey, I'll just sit with you." And then I, and then I noticed, oh my goodness, it's this tough topic series. We're talking and addressing the subject of pornography. I think that night with yep. the teenagers. So I'm like, oh, it's probably good that I'm here as another pastor in the church in right. case some parent is upset about something. And Kyle, you guys and the team always do such a good job of communicating all that stuff and teaching it uh, graciously and and biblically. But I'm like, I'll sit here. I've got this foster kiddo. And then um, she got really upset at one point just about like missing her biological family. So I'm in my office with her and she's kind of crying and we get through that. And then a minute later, Pete, our music director comes and he's crying and there's been a friend who's had a a pretty significant crisis. So I'm talking with him and praying with him. And so there's something else. I'd been in and out of my office like three times that night with people crying. And then I see Kyle, you come walking by like, oh, Shane's Shane's sick. He's got the flu. I'm like, man, what a crazy night. What a chaotic yeah, night. So, Not even realizing the full extent. Well, of, the guy yeah. of the couple that I was counseling had he, come and found you right. and said, hey, I think Shane's, well, what did he say? He said, so basically he came and grabbed me and uh, we were having a little bit of technical difficulty on the computer. So I was kind of stressed about that. And then he walks up and says, hey, Pastor Shane's been gone for a little while now, like 10 minutes, and I'm a little bit concerned about him. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think we should go check on him? And so, handed off the the computer stuff to somebody else, one of the leaders, and I went into the restroom, and you were basically on the ground. I mean, you were at least down on your knees, and I thought maybe you were... I think I was flattened on the floor. Yeah, I I think you were. I thought maybe you were just getting sick. Right. Um, Like vomiting or something. Right, right. Right. so I'd come in and I had splashed hot water on my face and then I thought that, okay, I'll just go back to the office. And I ended up going into one of the stalls and closing the door and threw up like a bunch of times Yeah, and then just went face down like on the floor. Yeah. So that's, I, I found you in that position, yep. came and grabbed Aaron, said, hey, we need to get 
you know, can you go grab his computer and his, yeah. you know, his stuff to pack up and, and I probably made some snarky comment like you did about like, Oh great. I'm going to get Shane's flu germs now yeah. from touching his computer. And you know, yeah. some, some comment like that about good. I didn't hear that. Probably. If those, if those boys get me <laughs> sick, if this Shane gets right, me sick. Right. <laughs> yeah. So basically we got, we got all, you know, Shane's stuff packed up and got him loaded up in his car and, and got him a, a ride home. Yeah, I think with the couple that we're right. meeting with, yeah, right home. Yeah, and at what point? So all of this is like you know, Kyle's dealing with some stress with the night of leading students. I'm dealing with some stress of having a foster kid and and Pete and others who are upset. And you're just you know, everybody was just thinking the flu. It's flu season. It's right. March twentieth. I mean, it's right now is coronavirus season. Right, it's, right. it's like this time of year when oh, everyone's yeah. dealing with being sick. When was the first time that? like Shane for you, mm-hmm. was it at home with Stephanie when it was like, this is probably not the flu? Well, so Kyle remembers, like, so they were getting cars arranged because someone was going to drive my car home. And, and actually, then, yeah, maybe this is a valid point. At what point does your memory start to go kind of yeah. foggy? I don't really remember. Sure. Yeah, I'll get to that for sure. I don't remember though, like when you found me in the bathroom, did you guys get me up and I walked out? Yes. So okay. we got you out of the bathroom. I helped get you out of the bathroom. Yep. Um, the gentleman that was here pulled mm-hmm. your car up. Yep. Got him. I, I think Aaron got him mm-hmm. the keys. And um, and if you remember, like at our like the way our offices are set up, there's that little island kind of thing right when you walk out the, the door in the front. And so I had sat down there on the ground. Yes, that's when I and then I laid back, like head yes. on the cement, yeah, like, flat out. Mm-hmm. Anybody that knows Shane, like I, I know him pretty well. Yeah. And uh, when I saw him lay down on the ground, I thought, okay, this is he's. This flu has really got him. This flu, yeah this, yeah, this darn flu is bad. Well, and you said, and I don't remember saying this, but you said when you got me up to get me in my car, you said, I said something like, if this is the flu, should my chest? My chest feel tight. Yeah. 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 yeah and I, so I, right then I called Steph and I told her, hey, this is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Like, And I really struggled with that. I wrestled with it for yeah. a while um, just because of my background, first responder, uh, EMT, firefighter for 10 years, um, train, I, I've responded to many heart attacks and many chest pain calls. And I've seen, you know, I've done uh, CPR on, on people and brought people back and, and we've lost people as well. Um, so in that moment, I f- later, I wrestled with the fact that I felt like I should have known yeah. and I should have just called 911, uh, 911, but I, I didn't know because of the flu thing that we had talked about. And it was, that was just so present in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I knew you had thrown up in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I just, I just kind of moved forward with thinking it was the flu. And even when I called Stephanie after you had laid on the ground, I called, talking to her on the phone, and she's like, "Oh man, like it sounds like he, it's really got him." We were just convinced you had the flu at that point. Yeah. So, at what point in the night did Stephanie first right. say? So, so they get me in the car, they get me on the way, and like I've got my seat reclined, and the guy, the couple. Um, that was driving me home and he's like kind of trying to chit chat with me a little bit. And I'm like, I'm kind of talking to him, but like, it's, I'm bracing myself. I don't really even know for what, but I remember like, I'm looking up and I'm like, I'm looking and seeing through like the sunroof. I'm seeing trees and stuff like that and trying to just keep it together. Um, so he gets me home and I feel like even when I got out of the car, Steph was kind of jovial about it. Like, Oh, thanks for bringing him home. Better get him to bed and all this. But then as soon as she got up close to me, she's like, uh, as we're walking in the house, I remember saying like, you're scaring me. It's like, I think we should call 911. And I said, I think you should. Mm. And so again, wow. no thought that it was hard. No, I just didn't know. Um, so she gets me into the bedroom 
Um, I think she said I was like sweating through my shirt and all this stuff, and they had called 911. I remember when the paramedics got there, and I remember them bringing the stretcher in, asking me some questions. I remember them getting me on the stretcher. As they're rolling me out, I'm hoping, like, man, I hope the boys are not mm. seeing this because um, they were all home, all three boys. And I was just thinking, man, I hope they're not seeing me on this stretcher being wheeled out. Mm. And then, like, that's the last I remember, like the stretcher being moved down the steps at my front porch. And then that's all I remember for what I feel like is probably about a week or 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, I don't know the exact timeline on that, right? Uh, once they got you loaded up into the ambulance, but my understanding is you, at some point around there is when you had a massive heart attack and um, it was kind of the first time you coded. And mm. before I got to the hospital? Either, either, that's what I'm saying. I don't know the exact yeah. timeline. Uh, we need Steph here. Yeah. Uh, but it was, yeah, some, at some point, from leaving your house to when you were at the hospital, because when right. we showed up a few hours later at the hospital, yeah. you had already had that. So happen. I had gotten I had gotten home and driven all the kids home from student ministry and was checking in with my wife. I'm like, man, what a crazy night! Holy cow, just mm-hmm. this and this stress and that stress and whatever. And then I get a text, I think from you. Yeah. It's not the flu. Uh, Kyle said it's not the flu. It's Shane has a heart attack. So, yeah. so I jump in my car. You jump on your car. Three. Derek was with you. Yeah, Derek, yeah. Billy, Brooke, like a handful of people from your guys' community group. Right. Yeah. So there's like five of us there, mm-hmm. I think, total with Stephanie. And uh, I distinctly remember the doctor walking out and saying something to the effect of, boy, it's sure sure good we caught it when we did. This could have been a lot worse. And uh, very reassuring, mm-hmm. very calm, yeah. very, you know, we did this, that, and the other thing, and we're going to keep him overnight, probably a few days. And should so like we, a stent at that point? Was that kind of Something like that, something? yeah. But it basically was, the, the, the moral of the story was, this is going to be a few days, right. and then back you know, back to normal. And then little did we know oh, yeah. that over the next 24 hours, um, your heart, you know, just physically just gave out, yeah. said done. And yeah. so, um, you know, I got home probably two or three o'clock in the morning or something like that, two o'clock in the morning after that doctor gave that reassuring message and Stephanie mm. was just going to sit there with you and there was plans in place for taking kids care of the and kids yep. and everything was kind of covered and taken care of. I said, I'll go home. And then, you know, Kyle, you know more about kind of the next 24 hours, but basically the long and the short of it is mm-hmm. your heart gave out, coded multiple times, and uh, nobody from from at any point until maybe that next day mm-hmm. did anybody, doctors included, really understand the severity of the situation. Right. I mean, I remember after the fact, staff, or maybe you, Kyle, telling me, like, they told somebody, to some of us at some point, like, it had been three and a half hours that I'd been having that heart attack. By the time that I got to the hospital, the first hospital. The very first time. Yeah. And they couldn't even imagine that I would have lasted yep. yeah. that long. Like it's a, it is genuinely a, series. a miracle of yeah. God's grace. A series of miracles. So, so, you know, we don't have to get into all the details of all yeah. that, but that night, I mean, I, I it's emblazoned in my memory. Mm-hmm. Obviously for you, Shane, it gets fuzzy at some point, right. but there are certain aspects of it that are oh, yeah. very much sealed in your memory and for sure. Kyle for you as well. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, kind of fast forwarding series of, you know, medical decisions. How long was it when got the, uh, the news that there would be a, a, a transplant heart available for you? Yeah. Uh, well, it would have been it had been the day before I got it, yeah, so, so it was the f- April fourth. The fourth would have been when I was told. I could look in our Evernote that we yeah kept yeah kept the a, whole 
process. We took notes because right. knowing how much Pastor Sheen loves mm-hmm. taking notes and keeping track <laughs> of all that, we, we thought that would be a gift to you. Yes. I just wish there was more pictures. And I know it was a weird time, and Steph does too. Like, just wishes there was more of that. And I know my mom was like, you're not going to want pictures of that, Stephanie. I mean, because yeah. for the most part, being real, I mean, as we're thinking, I was dying. I was yes. yeah. gone. And yep. so it was hard to... Yeah. But looking back, because my memories are so scarce and weird during those times, I wish I would have had more record of it even than we do. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I remember, I mean. So it was ba- but it was basically two weeks, a little, a little over two weeks when the yeah, news so came to the Yeah, so March 20 to, mm-hmm. to April 4. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You were going to say you remembered something. Sorry, I well, I just remember these little spots along the way. Like I have, um, yeah, it's super weird. Like I don't remember ever coding, but like Kyle remembers it. Hold on, guys. Um, yeah, I know Kyle remembers it, and that's always like a an image for me. That's really a hard. Like I know, at one point, I think either you, Kyle, or my dad, told me that, like this third time, I think, mm-hmm. like I had said, I had asked for my dad. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this? Yes. Did I tell you that, or was it somebody else that I yeah, said, hey, I, I want to talk to my dad? Uh, I remember sitting in the waiting room, which we spent many, many, many hours in, uh, and that one specific time, I think that was the th- third time. Probably. Um, they, you asked for your dad. And then apparently I told him, like, like, I must have sensed, like, something was coming. I don't remember that at all, but, mm-hmm. like, and said, you, you need to take care. <sighs> Ooh. You need to take care of stuff. Yeah. But I don't remember that at all. Like, it's, it's a weird one Like I don't, that I don't remember that. I remember, like, a flash of, like, green, and I think it may have been, like, one of the times where they tried to remove my intubation tubes mm-hmm. um, and then had to re-intubate me or something. Like, I remember, like, a, like a flash. There's, like, a green mm-hmm. color to some flash in my memory about it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, I remember seeing Steph for what I thought was the first time. And that one will make me cry too, but um, like it, it's weird because I didn't have a lot of memories in that time, but yeah, at the same time, it felt like in that moment that it had been like this super long time. Hmm. And I remember like, it's like in a movie almost where they show like some patient waking up in a hospital and like there's this fuzziness and it kind of comes into view. Right. Like that's pretty real. Like, mm-hmm. so that was kind of what I felt for a moment. And then I saw like the, like Steph begin to kind of come into view and just thinking, I know her, mm. and then thinking, oh, that's my wife, and then that's Stephanie. Like all that happening, like really, really quick. But I just, do you remember what I said? I'm just going to have you tell it so you could get through it. <laughs> I'm not. Um, I think you said, I, "Don't leave me." Right? Yeah, I said, "Is it really you?" Oh, right. I think I said that a couple of times, and I'm saying it over a tube in mm-hmm. my throat. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, after that, I remember saying, "Like, don't." Don't ever leave, yeah. like over and over again. Yeah. So, yeah, there are certain things that almost always still can kind of bring me to tears. Yeah. Just thinking about that, but that was a sweetness. Later, like it grew a um, <clears throat> like an appreciation for Stephanie and a just a love for her. Mm-hmm. That of course I always knew, but like it was it was just different, you know, different change. Yeah, changed. Well, yeah, you you can't not. I mean, we've had obviously with elder meetings and times just hanging out with family, you know, families together. It's 
the conversations, you can't not be changed right. by this. For you sure. can't you yeah. can't go through something like this and remain the same as you were. And so that's really encouraging, obviously, for um for to hear you and I know Steph, I don't know if she'll want to listen to this. I know you said you we needed her here, Kyle. She would not be on the microphone. Uh, yeah, no, probably not. She probably wouldn't. <laughs> but uh, and it's weird that like side note, like on that, like so I will remember that, and I'll like I'll be hugging Stephanie once in a while, and I'll be like, mm. like don't ever leave, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a it's a sweetness to me, and <laughs> those knowing Stephanie may understand. Like she'll be like, don't tell me that. It just puts pressure on me. Like like what like what if something <laughs> happens and I can't, I'm not always here, and uh, then what? And I'm like, no, just receive it for what it is. Yeah. It's me saying how much I love you and how much mm. I treasure yeah. treasure you. That's, so it's funny. Well, but, the rest of the story, um, I mean, heart transplant and long road of recovery. And, oh, yeah. And uh, things I would never wish on my yeah, worst enemy. Learning how to eat again and swallow again and all the. Yeah. Breathe again, really. Yeah. The regimen of medications oh, yeah, and all for the sure. regular blood draws and tests and rejection and all that stuff. I mean, yep. it's, it definitely has a tapering effect. And so now it's a full year out. Yep. And um, I mean, in many ways, life is back to quote unquote normal. Yep. But in in many ways, it's it's never going to be back to normal. Not a new the way, normal. A new normal. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you're here back in the office full time yeah. and working and everything in that regard. The um, but even like the new normal means that with all this coronavirus stuff going around. Yep. Uh, for me, for all of us, mm-hmm. for you, mm-hmm. it has this much more deeply personal connection than if I'm just watching it on, you know, BBC or something like that. Right. Well, well, even thinking about had this happened right now. Yeah. Which uh, we've talked about a lot these days. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Wow. There's, you're saying if the heart attack had happened right now. Oh yeah. There. So, so Shane was on ECMO, which is basically the highest level of uh, life support support you can be Mm -hmm. on. And talking to a member of sound city who works at the hospital that Shane was at while he was on life support, uh, you know, basically telling me we're getting low on ventilators and we don't have that ECMO, which was that mm-hmm. um, life support. Life support. They don't even have that available right now because no. of all the yeah the so, influx. So yeah, it just it takes something that's like this global pandemic and you know mm-hmm. all the news and everybody talking about it makes it right. much more deeply personal. I think it's cool though to think about um, you know God's timing is perfect. And even with this, just what we're talking about, like this happening when it did, as right. much as it, you don't want that to happen, um, if it was going to happen, like thank God that it happened when it did. For sure. So that you are in the the health, the condition you're in today. Yeah. Um, yeah, because you're reading the stories, not only of the hospitals where they're like sometimes having to choose between right. who to give a ventila- ventilator to. Like, exactly. That could have been me. But yep. then flashing forward to at least I'm as strong as I am right now. Or or even yeah. the support for Steph in the hospital. Like I'm thinking of for people sure. who are in the hospital right now. You can't have visitors. Right. Yeah. You can't have visitors or maybe one visitor, even people who are into life. Like they're, they're not able to be there with their loved one. For yeah. sure. Yeah, hard to imagine. So one of the things I, you know, when I said I wanted to sit and have this conversation, yeah. I mean, major factor rather than just telling the story and it's important for a lot of people maybe yeah. who haven't heard it in right. that level of detail but it just sets the framework for the real reason of, of just being able to say like how gracious is our God Amen. how good is our God how loving is our God and so for for the two of you guys in particular just to kind of open up the the floor and just kind of say man what, what are some things that you've learned what are some things mm. you reflect on in, in God's grace over this last year so it's it's one year 
Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna be we're gonna be drinking of the grace of God for the rest of our days. Mm-hmm. But on this particular moment, what do you what do you feel like God's taught you? What have you learned? Shane, what do you why don't we go we can go back and forth or you, yeah. you just wanna talk for tw- ten minutes? Uh? Y- yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I I've definitely like especially for Kyle, but for you too, Aaron. I mean, even in the church, like there's learnings and there's fruit that came from that that I think it would be good for us to talk about in this time because God doesn't waste, mm. he doesn't waste crises. He doesn't waste um, our suffering. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a number of things that I can think of. Like uh, there's this verse, it's one of Stephanie's favorites actually from um, 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, mm-hmm. who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those mm-hmm. who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So, it's a mouthful, unless you're looking at it, kind of hard to track with it, but basically, <laughs> like, um, like, God doesn't waste this. And so, I mean, these guys, uh, Aaron and Kyle and many others have heard me say and that like I've been able to minister to mm. people in our church and elsewhere. Like I've even had phone conversations from across the country um, with folks um, who are going through any kind of extended suffering or have any kind of a chronic issue. Like the way I've been describing it is like, it's a club that you don't want to be a part of, but once you are, you kind of get it. Like I remember um, f- in my first kind of becoming a little more lucid in the hospital and being able to string more than a few seconds of thought together. Um, I remember starting to think about some of the people in our church, like by name, like mm-hmm. that, like, Oh, like they've been walking through some version of this, maybe not quite as acute, but much longer term. Like they've been walking through this for three and a half years. And right. this person's become a permanent caregiver for somebody else that they're married to. And like just all these things and just feeling this deep, burden um, that makes for me, suffering the way that I hadn't ever before. It yeah. makes me, as you're saying that, just makes me think of Christ, right? Like being able to understand and be compassionate, um, being able to relate to us in mm-hmm. our suffering. Right. We, we hear that, we see that, but but that takes, it makes doesn't, it. Yeah, it's hard for it to be tangible. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's certainly hard to explain, right. but, but very real. And that's, and that's in, I don't know how to say it, but it's, you're already, um, you're already an empathetic person. You're mm-hmm. the kind of person who already has quite a bit of empathy and care and you show it in multiple different ways, but to see it, I see it in you more manifested in the specifically just in the way of emotion. Mm-hmm. So you, you, I've always known you for the five and a half years I've known you will yeah. always move your schedule to make time for somebody who's hurting. Sure. You will always make yourself available. You'll be there. You'll listen. Mm-hmm. You're very willing to um, kind of hear both sides of an argument. Like those are the ways I've, I've already known. Mm-hmm. But now in the last year, mm-hmm. you're just much more present with the emotional side of things, sure. which I think is a blessing. I think mm-hmm. it's a huge blessing to add to, um, you know, your note taker spiritual gift as well. <laughs> I think it, right. it's, it's encouraging to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's been good. And it's, it's good anytime I can see fruit from any of this season. Yeah. Um, Cause I know, I mean, there's, there's obviously, I, I believe there's a much bigger plan that God's had in place. I mean, um, he works all these things together um, for the good of those who love him. Right. That's Romans eight. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to feel good in the moment, but he, he has a plan that he's working that is best uh, according to his will. Um, that's best for all of us yeah. uh, who he loves and, who he's drawn to himself. So, so I trust that. Um, and 
yeah, that's so that's that's been neat to see as well, yeah. and just good to see um, how I've been able to be a help to others, and it. it's a little bit of fruit from that. That's good. Um, what else? I've learned. Uh, so Paul David Tripp has a book called Suffering. Um, this is one of the best that I've read so far on it. I continue to be interested in that topic for <laughs> obvious reasons now, but. Um, and, and he talks about just how much, and he, he went through, if you know anything about his story, I mean, he went through this thing, I feel like it was either like, it was either kidney or liver or something like that. Anyway, mm-hmm. that he all of a sudden had this acute issue that he still now deals with every day yep. as well. But he talks about how for years, like dozens of surgeries and all these things, and it went from, he's sitting in a in a waiting room in a doctor's office because watching the football game, and he's saying in his book, like, I was more concerned about the score of the... Eagles game than I was about what the doctor was going to tell me, but I was just here because some friend told me I needed to go because that was concerning to them or whatever. And his life just is an inflection point in his life and everything changes thereafter. And he ends up in his book talking about that and then talking about suffering and talking about how it exposes the delusion of control mm. that we have in our life. Yeah. And maybe for those of us who are parents, I think, I think we all think of, oh yeah, well, my kids think they're Six feet tall and bulletproof, and nothing, <laughs> nothing can harm them. Or, or even Pastor Aaron sometimes yeah. <laughs> feels that way. I don't feel to... six feet tall yet. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm still trying to grow. Yeah, um, but there's that sense of which I mean, I'm learning now. Like even for me, as a 47 year old at the time, was feeling right, like pretty darn good. Yeah. Like I could do pretty much what I wanted to do still, and I could, you know, it just wasn't a thing for me to think about physical health yeah. all that much. And so just reading that, that him talking about most of us as Christians would say we have our identity in Christ, but really when that gets challenged in a real way, what Mm -hmm. we find out is that we have a lot of our identity wrapped up in our physical health, in our ability to do, in our ability to earn, our ability to provide. Yes, our own strength is the catch-all category for that. And that rocked me reading that. I'm like, that couldn't be more true. Yeah. Like, you do. You feel like in those moments, I felt like less of a man Mm -hmm. in... The hospital. Yeah. yeah. I, I felt, even still, feel weaker in some right. ways and can get tempted to start believing. Sure. I know. remember you talking about the, the care that needed to be, that you needed, you know, the nurses that needed to do yeah. specific things for you that right. we won't mention right now, but yeah. uh, that's how that made you feel. Yeah. I mean, there's so super humbling mm. and thankful Praise, for their jobs too, yeah. which is a whole other thing. And even in the coronavirus season, like oh, yeah. the things Pray that they do. our yeah. healthcare workers. Oh gosh. Amen. Yeah. Amen. They have the hardest job. Yeah, I really resonate with what you're saying about that illusion of control. Um, in in just the last couple of weeks for me have been kind of chaotic in a few week few ways. Yeah, and it's just another reminder, like just how these. I mean, it's all of it's all relatively small things: a car crash, a vacation that didn't That's go as I wanted. Well, small. it it was small in the sense small that like I walked been. away and, right, and I'm right. totally fine. Um, the car's not fine, and if you've heard me on Sundays talk about my car, you know I'm. Joyful that, that's to be the, free. That's the fruit. I'm Aaron, free of, of that car. I hated is... that car so much. <laughs> but like, just these these little things right. that I got right in that same place of you know, kind of pitying and self pitying, and just, uh, but then God was gracious to remind me, you you really think you have so much control over your life, mm. don't you? Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, the situation that that you're you know, living out, Shane, is is a lot bigger scale on that. But I same truth. I, well, yeah, and I, I walked through it. Uh, beside you mm-hmm. and beside others, yep. and and I've used that line with others, and then just again this week, just just a 
few days ago, mm-hmm. oh, I really don't have control, do I? And mm-hmm. how easy it is to slide mm-hmm. back into that rut and mm-hmm. how easy it is to go into that ditch of thinking, yep, I got my life figured out and I've got it all under control. Well, and even you, when we were all meeting yesterday and you're just talking about, oh, even on vacation, you find yourself in kind of a dark place and a lot of self-talk that were just really lies of the enemy. Yep that were kind of doubting your value mm-hmm. and your worth and your yep. competency and all these things and him having to draw you back to, yep. no, this is about me, not about yeah. you. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, how quickly we forget. <laughs> we do. That's good. We do. There's so many, yeah, there's so many lessons that can be learned from these types of things. I was thinking about um, one of the things that really <laughs> – having somebody so close to you that you love so dearly as all of us do who know Shane um, and value his friendship and, and his leadership as a uh, pastor in our church. Um, I remember sitting here in your office you, while knowing you were on a ventilator yeah. and um, didn't know if you were going to survive. Uh, Steph had asked me to grab something, some headphones or something right. for you that she wanted to be able to put some music uh, on for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, it was the first time I'd entered your office mm-hmm. since you'd been in the hospital. And I remember just sitting here weeping mm-hmm. and just feeling um, so helpless and so like confused. And I remember thinking specifically, like, I don't want to do this without Shane. You know, like, uh, obviously I love um, the staff, I love Aaron, I'm, but like, I don't want to do this without any of you guys, you know, and um, the connections that God makes when you, when you walk through. Yeah. In ministry specifically, I mean, um, or or anything like when I was a firefighter in Afghanistan, like right. the bonds you make with people when you walk through those traumatic type things um, are really strong. Yeah, for but sure. But I just remember sitting here, just weeping, just just thinking, and then even at home, like Britt and I would go home at the end of the day after being at the hospital all day, um, and just praying and crying out to God. And I think that actually that leads into one of the things that I was thinking about. A lesson that I learned through this is. Um, you know, in James 5, it talks about prayer is powerful. And um, it's in God's providence that the elders going into last year had felt the Lord prompting us right. to really push the gas pedal on growing in prayer. You're welcome. Right? <laughs> and we we had no idea what that actually right. was going to look like. Right. But to see people rally up here at the offices in their, in their small groups and mm. um, to, to really have that uh, that sense of prayer as a, such an important time, not just because, oh yeah, let's let's pray more because we're Christians and we're supposed to, right. but like we're pleading with God for, for one of our pastors, for one of our brothers in yeah. Christ. Yeah. Um, that changes, like that, that was just a defining thing in our, hopefully in all of our um, prayer lives. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. really good. And, and you guys had heard me, most of you probably listening to this have heard me say that from from the stage on a Sunday morning or whatever. But like, I really did. Like I could not pray. Um, Jordan Galbraith, uh, one of our great buddies and, and uh, a member at the church and he is involved in the medical fields and he would come visit me on a fairly regular basis at the end of a shift at another hospital. And mm-hmm. I remember him telling me that um, the thing that he'd learned about suffering and about any kind of chronic illness or chronic pain was that it's all encompassing. And so that gave me permission to feel okay about this fact that I couldn't pray during that time. It was hard to pray. It was hard to, I couldn't read scripture. I couldn't, I tried listening to it. I couldn't even really listen to it. Like the stimulus was overwhelming for my senses. And like, it was like, there was a time where he and 
uh, or Jordan and Steph were standing at my bedside, apparently praying for me. And I like, I like told them, stop it. Like in some way, which I'm yeah. ashamed of, but I mean, I don't remember it obviously, but like, I just, the, I just couldn't do any of those things in any real way. And so the prayers of the people, especially mm-hmm. later on when I started to really understand the amount of prayer, like you guys were telling me stories of yeah. like, who was the guy when we were still over at Shoreline that moved overseas to the UK? Oh Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember Call's name, but he, yeah. he messaged on Facebook. Right, that his church was like praying mm-hmm. for me. And Oh, yeah, church at Uganda, you know, Julie and, and he in right. Uganda. Like churches literally all over the world were praying. Yeah. Yeah, my parents' church in Alaska. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a whole other story for another podcast about oh, this yeah. thing that happened with your mom and this kind of... Oh, yeah. Like, man, that's a beautiful... I'll have to I'll have to get her story. on the phone and record that one and we yeah. can share it out too. But yeah, yeah. My so mom's got my mom's nothing if not good for some kind of crazy weird stories. She's <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but just I mean, very supernatural, mm-hmm. uh, spiritual kinds of stuff that she had experienced through prayer about me and my position and just some weird weird stuff that mm-hmm. had happened uh, as a result. But the the long and the short of it was she basically had been really laboring in prayer and then mm-hmm. at one point she felt like mm-hmm. the Lord spoke to her heart and mm-hmm. said. It's okay. And so she f- felt almost guilty because she felt like the Lord told her to stop praying and then found out that was basically the turning out. point when it found out you're getting a transplant heart. Yeah. Like, Even okay. more specifically, she says she was told, she heard, um, uh, they were paying for a new heart at that time, I think, right? And yeah. she had said, she heard from God, um, I already replaced his uh, heart of stone mm. with a heart of flesh. This heart will be easy to replace. Mm. So good. Mm. And then, yeah. And the burden lifted. Yep. And she stopped and she was done. praying. Yeah. She's, she's like, oh, I'm done praying. And it was shame. the day, unbeknownst to her at the time, that they had come in. So it would have been April 4th. Mm-hmm. That they came in and told her or told me, mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. found a, a good match for you. Yep. Th- thinking of that too, that was a, a really, like, such a unique thing. So here we are praying for your heart, praying for a new heart for you, while at the same time, there's a, a family out there somewhere. That's a great point. Who. That means they're going to be mourning over the loss of right. their loved one. Mm-hmm. So I remember the Lord very clearly prompting us to be praying for that family, whoever mm-hmm. that was going to be. Yep. Um, yeah, it's just it's a that's a that's a weird thing as yeah. you're praying for your friend um, to get a heart. Right. That means yeah yeah, and then later. So we're still early on in the process of of building any kind of a relationship with this family, but. Some many months ago, I had written to them because that's the way it works. The person receiving the organ can write to the the donor and begin conversation, and they can decide what they want to do with that. And so I'd waited for months in return as well to hear something, and finally heard back. And so the guy whose heart I have in my chest, his name is Mike. He was thirty one years old. He was six foot one, I think, and they referred to him as a gentle giant. Mm-hmm. And they said. There's one line in the letter that this is from his mom and uh, that I heard back from, and it's the line that seemed to make everybody tear the up who friends read Friends comment. Yeah. yeah. And basically, the, his mom, Mike's mom, had said uh, that Mike's best friend, Dave, I think it was, Dave said he wants the person who got Mike's heart to know that he has the heart of a lion mm-hmm. beating in his chest. And just even the spiritual, you know, mm-hmm. implications of that when we think about Jesus as the lion and the mm-hmm. lamb and just all of it just mm-hmm. rocks me mm-hmm. for sure. So I may get a chance to meet them in May. Um, wow. 
some of that family, the mom, uh, and uh, depending if travel stuff right. is normal. Corona. Yeah, they live in the California in California apparently, and so yeah, well, hopefully the coronavirus stuff will still allow that, but eventually. Yeah. But yeah, does so. it feel surreal to sit back and even talk about this? Like it's been a year. Like, I, yeah, it's maybe I think, been the fastest year of my life. <laughs> it's been. It has been a. In some ways, it feels like a million years ago, okay. and in other ways, it feels like I just got out of the hospital. Because hmm. it is a day by day thing. I still think about it every day. So there's not like a break. I mean, I think about it less and less, and I think about it differently. And like this is probably one of the most emotional times I've hmm. been in many, many months. This isn't typical. I'm not walking around crying quite like this, but on a regular basis. But yeah, in this season, it is particularly sharp, poignant for a number of reasons. And so, yeah, some of it's coronavirus, some of it's that it's a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. A number of things, I think. It's good. But, well, we're at about 40 minutes here. Yeah. I'm sure there's plenty more you guys could share. What, Kyle, what about for you? Anything else kind of on the, the top of your heart or just things that you feel like the Lord has shown you or taught you in this season? Yeah, I'm glad you asked. Um, I, I have several things, but the one like kind of bigger thing that I would love to to share that, um, I mean, I feel like even when we were in the hospital, I remember um, Brittany and I getting to pray with other people who... Oh, yeah who were really cool, probably not going to get a heart, like, like 2% chance. Mm -hmm. Um, but crazy God stories there too. This one gal we met had prayed, had just, she's a believer and she just prayed that morning asking, um, asking God to bring somebody into her life. She'd been in the hospital for, for weeks or months at that point. Right. Um, she's from our hometown in California, like small town, San Luis Obispo County, California, um, Pismo Beach specifically, where I grew up surfing. Yeah. Um, and she was praying, and she told the nurses that she'd prayed that. And so we was she were, in the fifth floor. Yes. Waiting room. Yes. Yeah. She's sitting by the window. Start having a conversation. Brittany and I start talking to her. Um, find out she's a believer. Ask if we could pray for her. And then randomly in the middle of our conversation, find out where she is from. And we're like, oh my gosh, that's where we grew up. And she just starts sobbing, and she's yeah. like, yeah you guys have no idea how much that means. Like God, I literally an pray. Yeah. yeah. And then she got to go back and share that with her nurses. Yeah, and so cool. But so I think for me, the big thing is, um, you know, obviously this topic, like life is fragile. Mm. None of us are promised tomorrow. People are dying yes. right now from the coronavirus. People are dying in car accidents. People are, um, you know, it, life is fragile and right. we don't know when the end is for us, the end of this life. Um, and, and so how important uh, the hope we have in Christ is. And when we truly understand that, then it's easy for us to go share the gospel. Yeah, It's yeah. easy for us to tell other people um, the treasure that we have discovered, the most important thing in our lives. Absolutely. Yeah, tomorrow's not guaranteed. Right. I mean, I remember that being a sadness to me in the hospital in a way for me personally of just a, you know, people would say, oh, it's going to be okay or whatever. And I'd be like, yeah, you don't know that, eh? Right. Um, and B, like we're not promised that. Mm -hmm. And that adds to the sweetness um, as you're talking about the fragility of life. I mean, that adds to the sweetness of it and the importance of us knowing Jesus in a saving way. Absolutely. Because um, we're not promised more. I wasn't promised more time. I wasn't promised more time with my wife or my kids or with you guys or in ministry or in any of it. Right. And that's kind of depressing in a way. Like On it was so, it was sobering. Yeah. That's a better way to say it. It's Sober, super, yeah. super sobering. And mm -hmm kind of discouraging in the moment, moment to moment in that hospital bed. But um, 
I don't know. It's really consistent with the rest of the way the Bible all pieces together. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, and I want to make sure I say this before we end, because Aaron, this was something that you said in a sermon. I mean, I don't know. It probably would have been a couple years prior at mm-hmm. that point. And you were talking about death. I think I've told you this, have I? Maybe. And Keep going. I'll see if I remember. <laughs> yeah. I think it was kind of a side point or something, but we got talking about death and you kind of went on a extemporaneous rant a little bit. <laughs> I don't think it was in your notes, um, but it was like, and you know what? Like, you guys, I'm kind of tired of us talking about death as this normal part of life. Do you remember that? Ah, uh, yeah. I don't remember yeah. what, what sermon it was attached to or anything. It's probably somewhere in Hebrews, but yeah. yeah. I, I, that sounds right. Yeah, it's the, it's the idea that every death is a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Death is not part of God's original good creation. Right. And every death, yes, there is a there can be a sweetness to it when mm. someone dies in faith and right. we have the hope of the resurrection. Yeah. But yeah, death sucks. Death yeah. is not Not natural. Good. And that's mm. what I remember you saying. And like, I, I probably thought of that a hundred, couple hundred times in the hospital. Like, yeah, that's this, like that resonated so strongly in real life. This oh. is not normal. Like mm. this is not God's plan. I yep. know it, mm-hmm. you know, yep. when it's the worst pain you felt in your life and the worst, um, most weakness you've ever felt in your life, the most... Yeah, just all of it. Yeah. I think a uh, thought that's going to mind too is I'm thinking of Derek and Danielle Martin. I'm yeah. thinking of the the so many of you, you know, Sound City and others outside of our church, um, the church at large, like rallying through prayer, through support. Community, really. Oh my gosh. I mean, just, like, yeah. we, we value community, but to see it happen so tangibly and so powerfully. You're so right. Like if you're out there right now and you're suffering or you're struggling, like please reach out to the church wherever that is, whatever that looks like. Mm. Um, Reach out to somebody. Oh, I'll even say if you're not suffering, do it now because (laughs) those, now's the time. Those, um, I don't, I don't mean it to sound too transactional, but those dividends Mm. were built up over years and years and years of investing a lot of pennies and nickels and quarters into that bank. You know what I mean? That, that those relationships, yes, people would rally around you because you have a, an official place of leadership in the church or whatever, but but for people to understand that like community doesn't happen in an instant and that kind of stuff. That man, listen, people rag on the church all the time. Yes, and the do. church, you know, quote unquote, the church is got some real serious issues. Sure, and um, we don't ever want to turn a blind eye to those things. But when it's good. It, it is so good. So good. And it, I have it's witnessed- It's the hope of the world. Yeah. I have witnessed things like this. It's not the first right. radical life-altering tragedy yeah. that I've walked through um, as a pastor. And when it's good, it's so, so good. It's beautiful. But it takes intentional mm. commitment, consistency, investment, mm. vulnerability, through the hard openness. Times. I'm not just talking about, let's do a Bible study and yeah. ask, answer four questions. Bible study is great. I love Bible Absolutely. study. Yes. I'm talking about life on life yep. committed. I will be there for you. I will open up my deepest, darkest parts of my soul for you. Mm-hmm. I will open up my wallet for you. Yeah. I will open up yep. my time for you. That's what we're talking about. And then when you get to see it lived out yep. the way that that hopefully your family you know, felt that, I mean, still to this day. Well, I have this picture in my head of when you brought the kids that time and like when the, the apparently the waiting, would, was that on the fifth floor? Was that in that same waiting room? It was a different part of the fifth floor. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, <laughs> It's a big yeah, waiting room. Yeah. Well, it's not, but we filled it, I we think. We filled it. <laughs> but like, it was so packed. Mm. Like, that, what's that, day two or day three or something? It was early, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Whitmarshes brought... Yeah, the dog, bought yeah. hazard, yeah. I think. And <laughs> and my parents, um, 
who certainly have more faith on this side of all that than they did prior to it. So but, good. but they'd not seen the kind of community that we'd been talking about for years. And so I think it was almost a little mm-hmm. bit overwhelming to yeah. them at first. Right. And then eventually as they got to like, they, like Kyle and Brittany <laughs> and, and the Martins as well, like they still kind of text back and mm-hmm. forth or there's like messages that go back and oh, yeah. like there's a, there's a family. I still have your dad's of- credit card saved in my app. <laughs> For Chipotle. Hey, can we go out for pizza yeah. after this? He, he bought Lunch us all. After. He bought us all. Well, he, I guess we he, can't. We can't go out for pizza because the restaurants. No, the restaurants are, are closed. We, we can somewhere. order in delivery. somehow for delivery. Yeah, he bought us meals multiple times. You know, we yeah. all kind of took turns. We bought him Starbucks almost every day. Yeah, yeah uh, we knew his order by heart. But. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, but that, it was like I, I have this picture in my head of what that looked like, but mm. I wish I had like video of mm. it. Like I wish I could see what you guys experienced of it because the way you described it was right. yeah. this super beautiful thing that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah. You don't ever want to walk through something like that, but when you do, the things that um, that come from it, the the fruit, like you're talking about, it's you you can't manufacture that. Like no. that is so real and so powerful. It's beautiful. It was the presence of God mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. Um, Stephanie was certainly that for me. Absolutely. You guys in particular, Hackett's, the whole team. You, Aaron. I mean, um, but. But the wider church community and the yeah. way that you guys prayed for us and for me, um, the way that you gave to the needs that we were experiencing in the moment, like over freaking whelming. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Such mm-hmm. a blessing. And it was that was the way God worked during that time because mm-hmm. I'd felt disconnected from him. I couldn't feel I wasn't mad at him, I wasn't mm-hmm. whatever, but I just didn't feel that connection um the way i normally would because i was so overwhelmed with other senses and other things going on and right. so the all consuming thing yeah the all consuming thing which is such yeah. a gift to to have that perspective and so yeah so love you guys so much so grateful for you who are listening and who are a part of that with us yeah and who this, are a part of it still and the story's not over no and god is still at work yeah and there's still Amen. lessons to be learned for and sure. there's still grace to be wrung out of that yeah experience sure. and we're still seeing ways that God's using it and uh man I know uh I'm glad I'm glad we uh, were able to sit and do this I know you'd had a like a party little celebration kind of scheduled that yeah we hope to have bars and restaurants and everything getting shut down right. uh had to cancel that point. get together but uh, maybe in lieu of it this is an opportunity for you just to kind of share and yeah. I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing with mm-hmm. this I know I know a lot of our people are going to be um encouraged and thankful to hear this and, yeah. and people to sit down. And, and, yeah, and for those who are still suffering in the midst of their own stuff, yeah. I mean, there was that day when we got up on, uh, and, uh, on a was, Sunday. Yeah. The testimonies, what do we mm-hmm. do? So it was the other Stephanie, mm-hmm. Stephanie, um, Hansen. yeah, Hanson. Oh, so I had, Hansen, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. And she and I just, Oh yes. Like the, we had this just short talk afterwards and just the connection, just the obviousness yeah. of that. Yep, you're part of the club. Like yeah. we get it, you know. And yeah. so for all of you who are in that space now, even still, and I know Stephanie's still in that place too. Mm-hmm. Um, man, just I get it, and I'm praying for you on a regular basis. Um, I really, really do. So, like, you're not alone. Like, let us know how we can help those needs in this particular time when it's more isolating than ever. Yeah. Um, and we don't even feel that sense of community that we're used to feeling for so many of us. So, man, just reach out. Let us know how we can help. How we can specifically pray. But know we're already. Yeah. I'm praying for you as well. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I uh, I'm thankful for technology and podcasts and Google Hangouts and Skype, but there's just nothing quite like yeah. being face to face with your friends for sure. and family. So, mm-hmm. well, Shane, thanks for the time, Kyle. Yeah, thank thanks all for of the you. Time and hopefully, yeah, I love uh, you guys a ton. Yeah, yeah, love you guys too. And uh, here here's to uh, here's to the next year. 
Yeah. Amen. And seeing yeah. what God wants to do in and through you, Shane, and through all of us. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Amen. All right. We'll love you, Sound City. Love you, Sound City. Signing off for now. We'll yeah. see you.